A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Kris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. The very best life may be different for a lot of you guys out there. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories, really, and start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or their gift, or jumping out on faith without a plan. Well, if you have a gift, leave with that gift, and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dream. My guest is Judge Faith Jenkins. She's an attorney, arbitrator, author, and Emmy-nominated host of Divorce Court. That's where you know her. That face looks familiar. That voice looks, sounds familiar. That is her. Had the good fortune of meeting her several years ago with my good friend, attorney, civil rights attorney, Benjamin Crump, introduced to me. And, uh, you know, the relationship formed there. And I've been watching her from afar, just admiring her rise in this industry. She's on the longest-running TV court show. She also has a new crime series, Killer Relationship with Faith Jenkins. I'm telling you, I love those type of shows. It airs on Oxygen. The series takes a deep dive into heart-stopping evil stories of love gone horribly bad. Faith provides unparalleled insight to into every case where a breakup means one thing. Someone's going to die. We're going to talk about her career in both those shows, but let me tell you why she really owned money making conversation masterclass. I also want to talk about her relationship book, Sis Don't Settle. How to Stay Smart in Matters of the Heart is an arsenal of love, wisdom, and advice for women on how to play it smart in the dating and relationship game. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Judge Faith Jenkins. How you doing, Judge? Hi, Rashawn. How are you? Thank you so much for welcoming. That was an amazing introduction. So <laughs> what you got a lot going on? Yeah, good to see you again. On. And I know that, you know, we, we started this business, you know, just trying to get in. And then they, it's, too, it's kind of interesting. You, you, you fight to get in, then you have to fight to stay. 
And and then you want to you want to stay with options. I see you starting to diversify. Like I said, we mentioned oxygen. That showed that you're doing a killer relationship with with branding your name, attaching your name. It's not just killer relationship. It's selling your name as well and this new book. But let's go back to the first really big opportunity that came your way was Divorce Court. How did that come about and how did that change your perspective on what you wanted to do with your career? Because this is entertainment. Well, what what happened is I was in New York working as a prosecutor mm-hmm. for uh, about eight years. I've been working in New York. I started a big law firm. Then I moved to work for the government. And after I left the prosecutor's office, I got a call to be on television just to talk about a high profile case and give my legal opinion on the case. Right. And then the George Zimmerman trial happened. Right. And I was called to opine on the George Zimmerman trial every day of the case. And I would be on Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN all in the same day. That's how I met your your friend Ben Ben Crump during Mm -hmm. that time period. Mm -hmm. So after that, someone... When when uh, Hank Cohen tells this story, he's the executive producer of my very first court show. He said he saw me on one night with Al Sharpton, and the next night I was on with Bill O'Reilly. And he said if she can handle those two audiences, she has broad appeal. She can probably be yes. on TV yes. to do anything. And so that's when I got my first step branching out doing court television. Well, it's interesting you say that because some people say I would never do this type of show because because there are extremes there. You know, you have that conservative Fox audience, and you have that uh, you know liberal left side of the wing of the uh, of the uh, MSNBC audience. Why mm-hmm. did you choose not to take a side? Well, my job was to provide legal analysis and give my objective opinion on the case. And so that opinion didn't change with the differences in the audience's political opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't a political commentator. And even at some point, they asked me to start giving political commentary. And I decided not to. Right. Because my job was to be a legal analyst. That is my dog. Um, (laughs) Um. So I decided to, that was my decision. I knew what my area of expertise was, Mm -hmm. and that was to give legal commentary. And so I just decided to stay true to what I was really there to do and be an expert on. That was stay in your lane and grow your brand. So was it in the mindset? Because like I said, you were prosecuted. So did Mm -hmm. television dropped into your lap? Was that a was that a lane that you was thinking about, Judge Faith? That you of getting into television, and then so now you was getting these opportunities to hone your skills in these little short bursts. You know, because I know they you talk and and then you leave. How how you think I did? Did you think I reacted? They call you back and go, okay, they calling me back. That's a good thing. So when did you feel that you had value on these in the television game? Well, I knew it was important to add my perspective to the cases that were being discussed right. as a black woman, as a former prosecutor. And I know a lot of times, you know, prosecutors get a, a bad rap and people talk about uh, not wanting to be in their field because they could never put people in jail. I've heard all those things. But at the same time, uh, you can't just want to be an activist. If you really want to see uh, and, and change, you have to be a part of it. and You have to have a seat at the table. Right. The prosecutor's job is a very powerful job. A lot of times it what would happen with someone's case would literally depend on who got their case. So if I got a case and I would look at that case and it was a young 
you know, person from Harlem, which is where I was living at the time, I would have a different perspective than a lot of my colleagues across the hall from me who would who would have handled that case differently. So it was very important for me to add my perspective right. and bring my experience and my background to that job. And I had one job only, and that was to do justice in my cases, to do what, what I believe was right. So when it came time to calling on me for television, they were looking for people like me right. who could add a different perspective and opinion when giving analysis on these cases. Okay, all of, you know, the the world of tell the world of the, the the media we live in is social media. Okay, and social media tends to have an opinion and troll you, good or bad. So when you bouncing, because you start to develop your career, you know your social media is starting to grow and. People starting to add comments. Did you have any negative or, or, or feedback on playing these different sides on your on your social media feeds? And how did you handle that? Yes. And but I developed a thick skin pretty early on, Rashawn. I, I started doing pageants down in the south in Louisiana right, right, right. when I was 22 years old. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was used to a certain level of just criticism in general. And I mm-hmm. think that anytime you're in the public eye, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, you are going to get some type of uh, criticism. Right. So what you have to learn really early on, and as you, I'm sure you are aware as well, being in front of the camera, you just have to develop thick skin. Right. If you believe in what you're doing and mm-hmm. you believe in the message, you know, they say new levels, new devils. Right, <laughs> the right, higher right. your visibility, the more you're going to have people who criticize you, the more you're going to have people who like you. But you can never allow your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself to be built up on people's compliments or being torn down by their criticism. You have to know who you are, especially when when you're in, in the business that we're in and be confident and that you're presenting your best self to the world, no matter what people are saying. Absolutely. Uh, here's something interesting. I, we, we know we're going to get to the divorce court. I want to slide over to the forensic world of killer relationships. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. I get up at four 30, I go downstairs when I'm working out doing my stretches, you know, forensic files. That's, I am a junkie for forensic file type shows. And so it comes on a, every half hour and I'm working out and, the last, I know the last two minutes, they're going to give the verdict and what happened to that person. So mm-hmm. what, because I guess you're, you're talking to, asking a question for a person like me. It's mm-hmm. a kind of like addictive television. What attracted you to the project Killer Relationships? And what do they say, the type of people who watch these type of shows? True crime. For some reason, I too am really fascinated by the the genre. And I think there's something about the good versus evil. Right. And there's also something about getting to the bottom of what happened and telling the story. And everyone wants to know the answer to one question. And that is why. Right. So we really get caught up in, in those stories because they are real. I start, I branched out. I started my own production company and this is the first show that I've created that I'm executive producing. Mm -hmm. I did it because I believe that there should be a diversity of voices in storytelling. And I wanted to add my name and my perspective to this genre. So this is the first show from my production company. I think that with these types of shows, not only is it fascinating to watch and learn, But it's also it could be a learning tool because you're looking at all kinds of red flags for this show in particular. I wanted to pull from two worlds that I was in 
the reward of relationships, right. which I started very early on in my career, appearing in family court in New York, and the world of the criminal investigations. I'm a trained investigator. That's what I learned to do mm-hmm. as a prosecutor mm-hmm. and have this show because relationships is something that we can all relate to. We all have them, whether it's a love relationship, a family relationship, a friendship. And so I wanted to dig into the world of relationships and how those relationships start out, how they turn, and what makes someone commit such an extreme act in the end. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Right. Now, it's because when I was, you're absolutely right. I always tell my, my wife, I go, you know, if something was to happen to you, then they would just look at my record. They say, well, he watches forensic file. He, this guy's a plotter. You know, I, I believe me, my DNA is set up that if something bad happened to her, I'm going to jail. Uh, I'm, well, in, I'm in, because my, my track record is so bad. I'm looking at these crazy cases all the time. So they would say, he got the idea from watching forensic files or some type of show like Killer Relationships with Faith Jenkins. You like these type of shows, so you plotted her murder. You plotted her demise. And I, I, I do like them in the sense of, first of all, they're startling to me. And it's like the, uh, the word, how could that happen? Why did they do that? And I always get, I always t- this was the, the thing that always bothered me. You can get a divorce. You right. can you can get a divorce. You can actually just say, hey, I'm out. It's it's that simple. But they go to the darkest side of it all. And, and that's where the greed part comes out of it. And that's what's the selling point of killer relationship is that, they could have just walked away. They could have went through the proper channels and got a divorce, but they wanted it all, 100%. They didn't want 90, 70, definitely didn't want 50, 50. They wanted it all. Was that the, uh, is that the single thing that you saw as well in these stories you're telling? That is a big theme. And the reason you'll find that most of the individuals in these cases go to the lengths they do, there's another theme throughout the season you'll see, uh-huh. and that is everybody has a secret. Right. And it's the lengths that these people are willing to go through to keep their secrets from being revealed and exposed. Wow. Wow. Well, let's let's slide over a little bit to relationships, not divorce court. Okay. Sitting on that boat, the people are coming in there with these with these emotional moments, and you. What what have you learned the most about that experience, and what what do you value? There's two questions. What do you learn the most, and what do you value the most about that experience? Because to me, it leads into you writing your book that we're about to talk mm-hmm. in the next next subject matter here. Yes. And Divorce Court has been an amazing experience. I hosted the show for two seasons, and this is actually my last year hosting it Mm -hmm. because I am moving in a different direction with my production company. Mm -hmm. But I learned a lot from hearing all of the different issues and perspectives that people brought into the courtroom. Number one, I learned that People don't, most people don't have relationship problems. They have problems they bring into their relationship. Right. A lot of the issues I heard were uh, issues that were unresolved in people's lives. And when you're bringing all of that into a relationship, a healthy relationship is not something you attract. It's something you create. And you can't create a healthy relationship if you have two unhealthy people coming together. Right. So that for me was just solidified what I knew about that. And I did my absolute best to try to enlighten 
a lot of the couples that came into the courtroom so that when they left the courtroom, they feel like they're leaving with something greater than when they came, even when they're going their separate ways. And I also encourage them to, most of us have been through a breakup at some point in our lives at one point or another. I encourage them to um, move forward in that breakup with compassion and empathy and understanding. Of course, it's a difficult time in your life, but it doesn't mean you have to try to destroy the other person on your way out the door. So that was a really important principle for me to share as well. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now, uh, sis, don't settle. I have six sisters. And, you know, 
married, divorced, uh, some you know relationships. I thought, why are you messing with this person? You as a as a female, and then and I'm, and I'm also looking at divorce court. I'm putting that in my mind when I'm reading it. I'm saying you you getting to see this all the time. With Steve Harvey, is his strawberry letter. I I felt mm-hmm. divorce court was your strawberry letter. You know, for for this book, you know, because you get to see it and you make these crafty, smart decisions with these people and you get to see how they interact. And when he did, Steve Harvey did Strawberry Letter for five days a week, he was responding to emotional letters that allowed him to craft his mindset. How did you craft your mindset? Was it divorce court? Was it girlfriends? It was just past relationships. What started this whole cisto selling need to put it on paper? Mm hmm. And this, the second part of that title really says it all, how to stay smart in mm-hmm. matters of the heart. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to write about. It actually started prior to me doing television when right. I started working in family court in New York. Mm-hmm. My first court appearances were in family court in New York, handling divorces, child custody, uh, 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 child um, um, child support yes. mm-hmm. uh, cases. Mm-hmm. And then... From there, I was also living my own life as a single woman in New York City. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get married until after I turned 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And what happened is I had this career that everyone around me deemed was so successful. But people started asking me why I wasn't married, why I was still single, when I was going to settle down, all of these questions And I didn't think being single was something I needed to explain or defend. That was just my journey at the time. There are lessons that I needed to learn. I needed to learn a lot about relationships because I didn't have this huge standard of what love looked like in my life growing up. People talk about relationships being a science and dating is an art. I knew none of it. (laughs) And we prepare just like you prepare for your show. I prepare when I was in law school for exams. We prepare for everything in life that we want to be successful for. But a lot of us don't prepare for relationships. Why is that? So I started learning to prepare myself for the relationship that I wanted and what that looked like and what that meant for me. And I pulled from all of the experiences that I had with with women in family court, with women in divorce court, my own personal life and dating experiences. And I combined those to put them in the book. Because I got married after I turned 40, I had a lot of dating experiences. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of lessons that I learned the hard way. But the moral of the story is I met my husband. He's an amazing man. I'm happily married now. If I would have waited to live my best life after because I was waiting on a partner, I would have spent half of my adult life just existing and not really living. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, you got your own production company. I see a TV show about this book now, you know. <laughs> it's about, especially that post 40, because see, you talk about Allie McBeal, you know, like they made a big deal when she turns 30, you know, yes. like, what are you doing? Here? Like, so, so as soon as you start talking about that, I went to that section of the book, you know, and then because we, we are hit with deadlines, you know, you're supposed to graduate from high school, 18 at 22, you're supposed to be out of college, you know, 30, 29, 30, where's your man? Where's your child? Where's your career? So you hit with all these markers in life. And basically that's what you, you're just taking those same markers and applying it to emotion and not being swayed by what other people say you should be doing or think you should be doing. Is that correct? That is correct. These are arbitrary timelines. Who decides? Right. We're, we're not running a race in life because we're not all running in the same direction. So it can't be a race. Right. There are, are uh, almost 8 billion people on this planet. 
We can't all be doing the same things at the same time. And so a part of this book is encouraging people to embrace their own personal journey and ignore the noise. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? The questions don't stop. As soon as you get married, they start asking you, well, when you're going to have kids, you have one child, they start asking when you're going to have another one. So that's why you have to decide early on that you're going to live your best life right where you are and embrace your journey. And it is okay if your journey includes your personal choice not to marry not to have children right. and no one else. You can't let anybody else put that kind of pressure on you to make a decision because they believe in an arbitrary timeline that you don't. Right. It was, it was, a, it was, you know, always some chapters stick out for me, you know, and I had to go to wait for sex, but let me explain that chapter right there because everybody feels a pressure to, to, uh, that's part of the, uh, the relationship. Why was that an important part? You know, I know why, but I'd, I'd like for you to tell my listeners and my viewers when you say wait for sex. Mm-hmm. I know it's referencing a woman, but also shouldn't that be said to a guy too to stop putting that unnecessary pressure on a woman that's part of her role in a relationship that she has to have sex with him? Well, one thing about the book is, although it's called Sis Don't Settle, I yeah. really wrote it and talked about universal truths right. and standards for love mm-hmm. for anyone to read. And I've had several guys come to me and say they've, they've enjoyed a, se- many aspects of the book. That was an important chapter because it really is about what are your goals for love in your life? What is right. it that you really want to right. accomplish? I say in the very beginning of my book, this book is not for everyone. If you're looking to just have a, a a sex buddy that you can hook up with from time to time and that's your goal, then this, this is really probably not the book for you. Right. If you're trying to lock down, you know, Booker from the barbershop who you see <laughs> you know, once a month, mm-hmm. this is probably not the read for you. This book was, is really about people who are on this journey to attract that authentic uh, long-term love and partnership in marriage if that's what they want. So that part, when I got to that part about waiting for intimacy in a relationship, it really is about establishing a foundation with someone and establishing boundaries in your relationship and getting to know a person and what they're really looking for. And establishing boundaries should not scare off a person who is ready, willing, and able for authentic love. You know, know, I, I want to tell you, first of all, I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the book because of the fact that that's why I brought that thing about the guy, you know, like I said, because a lot of people read a book and they see you on it. Oh, I, oh she's just man bashing, you know, not at you know, all. and that's not at all. And I want to make sure I said that. But that's what I was just saying is that when you said wait for sex, and that should be both ways because men, I'm, I'm a man. We feel can put that undue pressure that, OK, this part of the, you know, this part of the dinner, this part of the date, this part of the it's a week. You know, we're supposed to be doing something other than just talking. And that's mm-hmm. pressure instead of getting to know the person. So it's also in your book, you kind of like set aside defining what that relationship is so they can understand what you want out of it. Because a lot of women don't set those, I guess I won't say rules, but this is how, what I want. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to be? Is, is am I correct in assuming that's that's the, that is the correct approach? Correct. Well, a big part of it is communicating. Yes, and knowing who you are and knowing where you are at this point in your life and being honest mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. If you're not looking, if someone tells you that they're just looking for a casual relationship, they're not looking for marriage. 
then we got to stop trying to convince people to change their mind. Mm-hmm. That, that's not our job. Accept people when they tell you what their goals are, when they tell you where they are right now in their life path, accept it. So if that's not where you are, then it's time for you to pivot and go in another direction. So that's what I talk about in the book. When you talk about open and honest communication, when someone tells you, believe them and and then decide you, you can go in a different direction if you're not on the same life path at that point. Well, you know, I talk about in my opening, I always talk about don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. That's what your book is about. You know, don't let people tell you that you're 30, you're out of the game, you're 40, you're out of the game, or that, you know, that you can't get reclaimed. But I think the book, what I got the most out of your book, you know, Sis Don't Sell, How to Stay Stay Smart in the Matters of the Heart, was that the decisions you make should be the decisions that justify your path. Like you said, you got married in 40. In the age of four, and people will people will inundate you're attractive, you're successful. Then they put that old thing, what's the problem? And then they'll start making like you the problem. And so, so this book tells you, stop all that madness. I am not the problem. I have control of my life, and I will meet the right person that understands who I am as a person. That really was was singing out and really was the, the champion message that I took away from chapter after chapter that, you know, women, especially in this day and age with social media, with you being able to crack the glass ceiling, being able to, women are the fastest, especially black women, the fastest growing. And I'm going to tell you, by the way, this book is not written for black women, white women, it's women for women. So this is not a racial book. This is a book that allows you to see that we all women have to deal with the same issues. We all need to be able to cultivate the same understanding that we can be successful. And reading this book, Sis Don't Settle, How to Stay Smart in the Matters of the Heart, allows you that journey. That is what my takeaway was. And I and I wanted to bring you on the show. I know we go, we talked about the divorce court and, you know, killer relationship, but I just had to, and I want to support this book. I want to put, put the, you know, this part of, snippets of this interview on my social media just to drive traffic and let people know this is a book that that's a must read. Uh, it's, it's a it's a quality read, and and you will take away Thank nuggets you. that I think that will make you honestly feel not so uh, disappointed in your life or alone in your experiences. Right, right. And 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 that's why I wrote it. Everything you said is why I wrote it because this is something that I would have wanted to read as a single person, as a person who wanted to learn more about relationships, because we're always trying to educate ourselves. That's why we read. That's why we listen to podcasts. That's why we watch shows like yours, because we are trying to educate ourselves so that when we move forward, we can make better decisions. When you know better, you do better. And so that's why I, I wrote about this book. I want people to use it as a practical guide to attract the kind of relationship they really want and deserve in their life. Yeah. She's an incredible legal mind. You know, as the host of Divorce Court, she's a she has her own production company. So now she's producing television shows, killer relationship with Faith Jenkins. Now she's an incredible author. Her book, relationship book, Sis, Don't Settle, How to Stay Smart in the Matters of the Heart. Guys, pick it up. It's a must read for you, too, because we all need to know how they thinking. Oh, they thinking, too. Okay, and if you understand how they think, you can probably get the right mate in your life. Faith Jenkins, thank you for coming. Excuse me, Judge Faith Jenkins, thanks for coming on my show. Okay. Thank you, Rashawn. It's great to see you again. And I will support this. I'm telling you, I will. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. If you you want to hear, see any interviews of. 
Money on my any of my interviews on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. Thank you. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated.